Welcome everybody, Steve with Seth Fidel. I'm coming at you with a sort of book review. It's a book, it's a manual, but also an introduction to the the procedure for it. Anyway, welcome to the program, Dr. Dan Snyder. How you doing, man? I'm doing outstanding. How are you today? Thanks for having well, me on the show, by the way, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate you saying yes. <laughs> so Dan is with a couple other friends and uh, Father Ripper with the Liber Cristo uh, project movement, whatever you call it, program, the method. And they came out with a book, The Field Manual for Spiritual Combat. So first off, again, tell us a little bit about yourself and what is the Liber Cristo method per se? Yeah, so um, I, I started about, it's about eight years ago, uh, I was asked to be involved in a local team, and uh, the, the diocese was forming an exorcist team, and a friend of mine was the was being named the exorcist, and he asked me to get involved. At the same time, I had just started my doctoral studies, so I had this, um, you know, super rationalistic uh, biblical studies focus in the mornings, and then we would go to these crazy, you know, anything goes sessions in the evenings. It was kind of a, a, an interesting dichotomy of my life. And so um, the first time I had, I had been in session, I, I, I'm also a combat veteran. I, I flew uh, Cobra attack helicopters in, uh, uh, in the Gulf War. And so I'm a military guy at heart. Um, uh, grew up in Ohio. Um, I was a boxer. So when I saw the beauty, I mean, at, at first you hear all this stuff about exorcism and, and what, you know, all the phenomena associated with it. But when I saw how liturgical it was, how beautiful it was, how it this was the straight up uh, um, from the heart of the church imposition of the authority of the church in the cosmos, um, the rare just that I mean the air just rarefies, you know, and it was like being it was like being in Iraq again at one level, but it was very holy. And so um, so it kind of brought together all my military background um you know, my, uh, my experience fighting and, and, uh, athletics and sports and these other things, combat sports and, uh, and, 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 and also my theological training, it all kind of cohesed together. And it was a very interesting experience. Um, and from that point on, I just started working closely with, with Kyle Clement and father Ripperger and, and, um, and, and the progressive development of, of the, of the uh, four phase protocol of uh, father Ripperger. Uh, and the manual is actually phase two of the four phase protocol. So it's just kind of a development over time, uh, uh, how this how this book came about. And it's kind of, it's very it's very I, I bring in a lot of, of military elements into the book, try to make it interesting. So did, you didn't think that going into this was you were sitting down with a demon on the other side and going, Colonel Johnson, did you order the code red? Is it, was that the, <laughs> exactly. <mindset> going in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I no, I didn't. I didn't see that. But there's there's some humor. I, I you know when I give when I teach at parishes and, and and other things, I always use some humor because it, I think you should take what you do very seriously. But 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 don't take yourself seriously because the demon always tries to focus back on you or on him. And uh, there was a video one of my army buddies sent me, and there were these th there were these three three I think they were cab guys. They were in a firefight in Afghanistan. And the, and the rounds are hitting the rock behind them. And one of them tells a joke and they all start busting out laughing. And it, and it isn't that um, it isn't that they don't they're not very serious about they're getting shot at. They're in a firefight. But sometimes soldiers use humor um, to offset the tension of combat. And so so oftentimes I'll use humor, um, you know, with different with various cases and, and what we do again, just to keep it light, because what the devil would really like us to do is to get so focused on him and be just such sour pusses. He doesn't want us to be human. And we're dealing with the cases. You know, I've been dealing with the cases now for eight or nine years. There's a consistent pattern and he just grinds them down. He beats the humanity out of them and they become so hyper focused on themselves and on the devil. They lose sight of Christ. And really, the, as we say in this ministry, the demon is tertiary uh, in Catholic liberation. First and foremost is Jesus Christ. How do we get souls Re, uh, reclaimed, restored to Christ, Re, you know, and that's a definition of Catholic liberation, restoration uh, with God the Father through Jesus Christ, and that the first focus is Christ. The second focus is what are the obstacles to grace that keep me from being united with Christ, and so, um, uh, uh, you know, and that's what the manual does. It helps us to identify what areas of our of my of this person's life 
it, it, do I have, is the enemy get, getting a holding point in my life? Is there some habitual sin? Is there some heresy that I'm believing? Is it, you know, uh, and basically learning to identify clean from unclean. That's Catholic discernment. And that's what we try to do in this book is help people identify, hey, that's not clean. That's not clean sex. That's not clean thinking. That's not clean prayer, right? That's not clean liturgy. So getting people to clean from unclean is very critical and, and uh, bring them on the path to holiness of thought, word, and deed. Ultimately, that's the goal, holiness of thought, word, and deed. In the, uh, is it the Ford? Uh, the, the introduction, I think it's the intro. Father Ripperger talks about uh, case study. I guess you guys got like 15,000 emails or messages a month or a year or whatever it was, the number, but maybe three are worth yeah. pursuing or something like this. So is this more like uh, for... Because people might be looking at you like, I wouldn't be like Dr. Dan here. I wouldn't be like, how can I sign up for this? Are you more, is what's going on here, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of like going to a doctor's office. You, I go up and I see you, tell you what my symptoms yeah. are. And if I'm at the level needing surgery, I get to see uh, Father R for the, maybe like an exorcism or assist. But you're giving me prescriptions to be able to cure right. what my ailments are. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, well, in, in the statistic that he used at that year, they had 600 legitimate, what they figured verifiable cases. And of the 600, now they're, I want to say it's something ridiculous, like 800 a week inquiries now, what they're getting, um, because the evil has just been unleashed in the world. So we're just getting more and more cases. But uh, 600 cases, only three were actual cases of possession. The bulk of people can, can self deliver. Um, once you get to a high level of oppression and low level of set, uh, possession, yeah, th 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 sometimes the weight of the church needs to come to bear. But most people need to get cleaned up. When I first started this, we would work in, in a, a Roman model, which is just pray, 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 everybody, just gunsling. And, and you know, I would sit down and I would do the prep work for the priest. And I would say, hey, um, the pre they couldn't, if they see the priest, they manifest to so the priest is in the, the sacristy, the lay team is there and I get them ready for the prayer session. I'd say, Hey, did you uh, go to mass this weekend? Oh no, the demon won't let me. Did you go to confession? No, no, the demon won't let me. Priest comes out. You pray for this person. Their soul is not in a state of grace. There's no, there's no, the, the soul cannot receive, doesn't have the merit to receive. Uh, uh, technically speaking, you get a lot of movement. You get a lot of act activity, but no liberations because the soul's not in a state of grace. They're not in a habitual state of grace. So the protocol was kind of born out of that movement. And it's, and, I, and I tell people it, that this medical model, Father, the, the exorcist is that he's the brain surgeon, the heart surgeon. The parish priest is your, your the pastor. He's the general practitioner. And then the lay, the lay associates, we're, the, we're the, the, the staff, we're the nurses. And I tell them, I'm Nurse Ratchet. You got to do this stuff before you get to see the priest. You got it. You've got to get ready. It's like that, that TV show, My 600 Pound Life. I don't recommend it. Um, I've just seen clips of it, but, but there's a, there's a, there's a metaphor. Okay. So on this show, you have to weigh 600 pounds or more to get, to get on the show and they're going to offer you free bariatric treatment, surgery, et cetera. And so you have to get your weight under 450 pounds. And, and for two reasons, one is um, your body can't, may not be able to sustain the surgery at 600 pounds. You need to get under 450 to make it sustainable and, and, and survive the surgery. And the second is, you have to get uh, um, establish a, a habit, dietary habits, exercise habits. You have to have the you have to have the skill set for success. Otherwise, you know you have your surgery and then you go home. And you tell you you tell your kids, hey, take me over to Wendy's so I can get my biggie fries, right? And pick up a meat lover's pizza on your way home. You have to get the, the habits established. And so most people that come to the diocese, to the church, to the society for help. They're, 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 they're spiritually, they're 600 pound overweight fat slobs. They have no discipline at all in their spiritual life. So the first phase is a 30 day prayer discipline that people go on and do a set prayers. It's kind of like a PX 90 uh, for a short burst to reestablish a prayer life, pull back from the world, detach from, from social media and do set prayers three times a day. And a lot of people just self-deliver just by getting order back in their life. And they're going to confession every, every week. They're learning to pray. And then the second phase is this manual, which anybody can do. Anybody can do. And the manual basically is one long, deep dive, general confession and um, and teaching Catholics how to pray. As much as I love your podcast, this is not prayer. So a lot of Catholics think if I go if I listen to Catholic podcast or read about prayer or about saints, that's prayer. No, prayer is communion with God. St. Teresa of Avila says uh, converse with him 
who dwells within, his majesty within, with his, his majesty within, teaching people to pray, starting with vocal prayer and then mental prayer, meditation. This is absolutely critical as it ties into uh, our, our self-mastery and controlling the diabolic projection. So all this stuff is very critical. State of grace, learning to pray. Uh, um, this is very critical for Catholics in spiritual combat. And it's very much overlooked. Most most places, you say you, you hear the demon, they just start praying for you, you know, and, and that and that doesn't work. It might light things up, but it, in the long term, it's not sustainable. And that was a good inter, uh, good way to bring up P90X because that's that's a that's a home based workout. No one knows what these he meant by that, and uh, it has a big there's a manual inside it to tell you how to eat, how to work out, when to rest, how to rest, all that stuff. So that was a good comparison because that's the manual and what you guys are doing at Libra Crystal, pretty much the same thing. How to do this? How to do this? Here's when to do it. Uh, you get the specifics like the Angelus six twelve six. When to do yeah. certain prayers? You give you give them a regular in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, we were talking beforehand that you were an athlete. I was an athlete. You, you know, you don't just don't show up one day and say, gee, I want to be a college athlete. I'd love to do that. It takes grind. And there's certain things that you do. Uh, um, Nolan Ryan, this is one of my favorite stories, Nolan Ryan. I'm sure he was probably one of your heroes growing up. He threw his, I forget, it was his last game. He threw a no hitter. And, and he was done after this game and he throws a no hitter and they had a big party for him afterwards. And he had a routine that he, um, after every game, he, he did this, he did a certain amount of icing and stretching and he did a, a certain amount of minutes on the, on the exercise bike to keep his muscles. He's in his, um, which at the time seemed super old, but he was like 44 or something. You'll probably know the story better than me. And, and everybody is waiting to congratulate this guy. I think it was a seventh no hitter and they're like, Hey, where's Nolan? And so he's he's doing his routine. He finishes the game and he does this and this and this. And that routine is critical for success on the on the playing field. That routine is critical. We had in the military standard operating procedures. I could still uh, move my feet and arms. I would sit when I was learning to be a pilot, uh, a helicopter pilot. There are certain movements we would do. You know, you would have a, a toilet plunger in this hand and and you sit on the toilet. And you put a toilet plunger in this hand and, and, a, and a broom stick on this hand and you would do this because when you move your cyclic forward the collective comes back and the right foot goes down the left foot goes up there's a certain bodily mechanics to it you just had to practice that so your body recovered pitching same mechanics every single way grab the ball in the same way every single time mechanics are important for success on the battlefield and on the playing field why do we think that there's no mechanics to prayer there's no mechanics to the spiritual life so so getting people back into that order Eight, eight out of 10 people live just by doing the phase one protocol and going through this catechesis, uh, um, that the phase two catechetical reading. They're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I could do that. That makes sense. I need to confess that, you know. You know? So so that's that's part of it is identifying obstacles to grace. Where in my life and my block is grace being blocked? What are the mechanics of prayer? Getting back and reordering your life to prayer, not just I'm going to do 10 minutes in the morning or listen to a podcast on the way to work. Actually spending time in prayer with God is absolutely critical. Yeah, we met uh, Robin Ventura after uh, Nolan punched him in the face a couple. That was <laughs> so, that was classy, man. He put him in an old school playground headlock. You know what I mean? I don't I mean know. Come at me, come on! You're gonna charge yeah. it. You're gonna pay that price. And, yeah, yeah. Um, he, just because he's a pitcher doesn't mean he's the softy. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But now we brought up. A, I grew up on. I'm an Ohio boy, and I grew up. Pete Rose all the way. Just uh, we grew up. Hustling. My mom's from Cincinnati. My dad's from St. Louis. So we wrote. Uh, Cardinals and Reds, and uh, uh, got, I pretty much got the most Pete Rose autographs you can. Uh, you can. Oh, I'll tell you the Pete Rose story after when we're off camera on it. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no. But you brought up the uh, the aesthetics on that. The uh, um, not the aesthetics, <clears throat> uh, asceticism. Yeah. Because uh, there's a, you know, how many spiritual writers talk about that? We uh, will will eat the athletes. Will, we eat right, uh, sleep right, get the right exercise in. We're focused on every movement of our body or every second of the day, how what's going in, what's going out. You see the pros now, they buy these incubator things to sleep in. They're trying to get tip-top shape. But we go into spiritual world, it's like, ah, you know, ho-hum. God knows my <laughs> intentions. He knows. Yeah. He, and, and the thing is, the demon only works in the, he never works in the subjective. You know, as you know, Father Ripperger defines the devil as a lawyer from hell. And he works, he's very strictly con bound 
by the natural law within which he was created. But he only works in the objective. But we like to think in the spiritual life, we'll have discipline in every aspect of our lives. We'll have we'll have discipline. But when it comes to spiritual life, like you say, oh, God knows my intentions. He knows that he knows I'm good. You know, he, he knows what I, I mean well. But the demon works very exacting, you know, very exacting. Like I'll give you an example. I had a case and we're sitting down and there's 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 all kind of garbage going on. So I say there's a couple there. They're in their late 30s. And I say, all right, uh, how many kids you got? Well, I've got we've got two kids. That's how long you've been married. We've been married 20 years. That's how you're married 20 years and you've got two kids. There's probably you probably use contraception. A lot of your marriage. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we did. I said, OK. She said, but I, we realized it was wrong. So we, conf- we, 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 we stopped doing that. We, and we now started doing natural family planning. I'm like, outstanding. So um, have you confessed it? Well, I forgot. I forgot. So, so, so objectively speaking, it's not confessed. God knows my intention. He knows I'm sorry. But the demon will hold on that because he plays by the rules that God has established. The soul must be reconciled first to the sacrament of confession to be, to be more receptive to the merit that is offered through the church's prayer or through the sacrament. So, so that's kind of a, a typical example that the demon will block us from confessing. He'll block us from, from committing. I mean, from confessing certain mortal sins. I have a priest that, that uh friend of mine in Ohio, actually um, a, a good smash mouth Catholicism priest in, in, in the, in the diocese, the archives of Cincinnati. And he'll do um, little binding. Um, I bind any demon, uh, that will block the memory of any penitent that comes in that try to confess today. And, and, and so I suggested they try to do that. And he said that the quality uh, and quantity of confessions has like magnified the quality of confessions. And, and a number of people come into confession because when you go to confession, the demon often will block your, 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 he'll block your memory. So being, you know, having the priest do that was a very effective tactic that works. And so, but the demon will do everything he can to try to sac- create a sacrilegious confession. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think father Mueller writes about that in his confession book about the, uh, seeing a penitent walk in and like a demon's in his mouth, trying to keep whatever's coming out, keep it, keep, keep it in. Yeah. Obviously inverse inverting the shame. And, uh, you, know, you have, sh- you don't have shame when you're committing it, but then you'll have the shame in the confessional line gets the whole inverse thing, but there's a, I can't remember the same story that he brings up, but it's the lady walks in and he can see the demon holding on to whatever she's trying to get out and won't let it out till he said he ended up saying a prayer or something and she was able to not blurt yep. it out, but he was able to get it off her chest. And he writes that he kind of writes it a, a great thing about confession in the book of the uh, Exorcism of Nikolai Aubrey, which anybody want to publish that thing, you'll sell a million million copies. I guarantee it. I don't know if you ever yeah, read that. Yeah, we'll work on it together. That's a good idea. Uh, it's already printed. It just needs to get published. Oh, okay. uh, but he, he, the demons manifest. Uh, the demons manifest. Looks down the front row. Goes sees little Johnny sitting there, and he goes, "Hey, John, I remember you. We had a good time last night." Rattles off everything he did, and Johnny runs into the confessional. Comes back, and the priest goes, "You see Johnny now?" He goes, "Johnny, where do you go? Is that you?" And it's just the the whole the whole uh, thing he goes shows how great confession is because the demon didn't even recognize him anymore. Right. From coming out of the confessional. Yeah. What attracts the demon to us, uh, number one, is anything that's inconsistent with the indelible mark of baptism. He knows who's baptized and who's not. You know, I can tell you in session, the demon is, is, is he's an apex predator, you know, and and he he scans the room and he knows who he knows who he knows where the threat is. He normally doesn't even recognize. He doesn't even see the lay team members. He sees the priest with fear, absolute fear and trembling. What's interesting is, is I've been in session where we've had um, consecrated religious, um, virgin uh, consecrated religious sisters, and it's an interesting reaction. Um, he sees the priest as as he's the guy with the belt, right? Mm-hmm. But but he looks at the at the at the woman religious, and and he and what's going to do with that, right? Like, is it safe? Like, is this is this this is a this is a this is a piece of a, a weapon of torture? to the demon, the virginal, the consecrated religious. I can even tell you, we, we have, I work closely with uh, monastic orders uh, for prayer and Carmelites uh, on a regular basis here in our diocese. And, and they're praying by name for the cases. And I'll, and I'll say to the, to the, to, you know, to one of the, one of the, the energumen, Hey, hang in there, man. Just keep praying, keep doing the work, you know, do the work, your, your liberation will come, but keep doing the work. 
And uh, um, and don't worry, we've got the Carmelites. The Carmelites are praying for you. You got a lot of people praying. The Carmelites are praying. And every single time when I'm dealing with a, a, a highly obsessed or possessed person, when I say the word Carmelite, that they're praying for you, I see a little eye flicker, you know, and, and you get this little like little shot of both fear and anger at the same time because they know it's the way to the church, the power of the virginal consecration and supplementing, complementing the power, complementing the power of the priesthood. This is where this is this is deep level spiritual warfare that that gets uncovered. That doesn't happen on a weekend uh, a weekend trip, you know, at, at, a, at a parish hall or Wednesday night. This is the grind, ground and pound that it takes to get liberation. And it brings in the whole mystical body. That's the beauty about it. You know, the I, whole I think you bring that up in one of the opening chapters about kind of like uh, well, you can bring that up in military too. You're never by yourself. There's always a right. team around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, so you're, so you have the whole mystical body. You've got the angels, the saints, you know, people, you know, uh, um, they get focused on what the devil, um, but the devil, as Father Ripperger points out, is quite boring. He does the same things. What's interesting is, is when you is when you when you learn the glory of the church, the glory of the Virgin Mary. You know, we were in session not long ago, and 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 the demons manifesting. But manifesting means they take over the person's body, you know, and they start appropriating their senses, and and uh, and, the, and the priest is is invoking. We're doing a litany to, to the Blessed Mother, and he's invoking. You know, the Virgin Mary commands you, et cetera. And uh, and the, the demon, the demon says, oh, her, every time you call her, she comes. She puts her mantle around you. Right. So the, those are the little nuggets you get. You know, those are the nuggets you get to see the glory, the depth. I mean, my my ecclesiology, I mean, I've got years of my ecclesiology was purified. Um, by working and seeing the power of the priesthood, just holding a picture up of the local bishop, the priest will say, all right, hold a picture of the bishop up. And you hold the picture of the bishop up and you watch, it, it, it's like a gut punch. It's like waterboarding for the, for the, for the, for the demons to see. Then the priest will say, I want you to fix, fix her eyes upon the, the prince of the apostles in this diocese. And, and the, the seeing the diabolic reaction will change the way you talk about your bishop and relate to your bishop. It'll purify your ecclesiology, whether you like his politics or not. It'll purify it. I literally was just thinking, hold my picture. I'll hold yeah, your you're picture. Trash, you start trashing. You're doing what the demon's doing. Then. You're, you're doing what the demon does. You're, you're you're undermining his authority. You're trashing. Yeah, you're 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 trashing a prince of the apostles. And and so always, yeah, you learn to deal with respect with, with these guys, even even, you know, and learn to pray, pray for them more because it's a it must be a really difficult task to be a bishop, as you can imagine. You know, um, Augustine and others wept when they were asked to be a bishop, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. I will stay here. I'll hold on to the table or whatever. You're not going to exile. Try to find him yeah. in a, a cave or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine the guys that want to say I want to be bishop. Like, okay, those guys don't need to be bishop. Kind of like yeah, you can, in, same thing in, in secular world, I want to be the leader. Oh, maybe yeah. that guy should be it. Yeah, yeah. I, I always tell people the only job you start at the top is a ditch digger, right? And uh, <laughs> and the only qualification that disqualifies you from being on a, a a team is anybody that wants to be on a deliverance team or an exodus team are automatically disqualified. So this is certainly not something that 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 I that I would volunteer to do. It's something. That um, it's something that Our Lady will call you to uh, if that's if that's what she wants. But it's but but if you're if you have a curiosity about it, it's very dangerous, you know. And um, and again, you're focusing too much on what there's a lot of focus on what the devil's doing. Um, and a, a lot even in Catholic circles, it's all about the devil. In a certain you know the exorcists that are talking a lot. It's great. We got to know tactics and that sort of thing. But we can lose focus. And 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 what I love about Father Ripperger is that. I mean, he's a theologian, and a philosopher in the Thomistic tradition, and, and he teaches more than just what the devil's doing, you know, and uh, and I do the same. I do scripture. You know, I'm, I'm, I teach at Franciscan and I have an adjunct uh, professor job there. And and so I, I, I it, it just enriches all that you do. The mental health professionals that get involved, it really enriches what they're doing. It helps them once you begin to see the human person from St. Thomas's view, it it. it Every every single health health uh, mental health professional that works with us, it just blows open their practice. Uh, they're able to they're able to go to a depth of healing that they couldn't do before with the modern understanding of the human person. As a theologian, it's the same thing. My under, my understanding of the scriptures has just been blown open. When you read, for example, you see in a session and you'll read the litany of saints and certain reactions um, cause certain saints cause a certain reaction. It'll blow open your understanding of the mystical body and the saints. Um, certain readings, uh, the, the 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 reading of uh, of Elijah, 
when he when he defeats the prophets of Baal and you watch the physical visceral reaction at the projection of the words of the word of God uh, in scripture. It's it's and you'll see a, a visceral physical reaction or the death of Jezebel. You know, I mean, I've seen it again and again and again. The scriptures, this is not, this is not a dead letter. This is the word of God, you know, that God, St. Paul says, God breathed, he breathes his life into this. And you, you begin to see the dimensionality, you know, and this is what working in this, this industry has done. This business has done for me. It's really helped. It's like the scriptures and I'm a scripture scholar and, and, but the scriptures are just taking a, a new level of meaning. It's like the children's book, you know, when you open it and the pages pop out, you know, mm -hmm. it becomes, there's a dimensionality to the faith that comes and that's the, and that's the the positive side of working in, um, in, erstwhile as as cosmic garbage men for the that that people in this ministry uh, that's kind of what we are you know it's like men at work remember that movie yep yeah 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 <laughs> there was a there was a, another movie that brought to my mind you brought up the scripture part with demons uh, conjuring I can't remember which one they locked up the the possessed doll or whatever it was in the, in a room and put the word of God, put scripture pages around the walls and the door kind of yeah. like he boxed it in. And I remember my brother going, you know, that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it does make sense it, because, because it's this, this is, this is the words that God has given us. I mean, he's, you know, um, and it brings to life, you know, reading the death of, of John the Baptist, uh, those saints, my very first case, um, they, 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 they said, all right, you're going to be the scribe, right? You're the guy that just takes notes because I was the only guy there that, that had, a, I was at the beginning of my studies, but I had a Latin. I could, I could understand Latin and Greek. And so, so I'm reading, you know, I, I'm just watching and taking notes and, and you would see certain hits on certain saints when this saint is called or, you know, um, and, and you get a reaction from the enemy, you know, you make contact and you know, and you know that you've landed, you've landed punches. Uh, on certain saints, other saints, no reaction at all. It's very interesting. Um, it, you know, again, it helps you understand the, the beauty of the mystical body. And then every single, what's interesting too, is that every single case that comes to us, there's a, um, God always sends help from the mystical body. There's a nemesis, you know, um, and from the mystical body, I had a young, a young man, 16 years old. He didn't know a single prayer. He could hardly read. Okay. Um, didn't know a single, single memorized prayer. Couldn't say the Hail Mary, the Our Father. Um, he claimed to be an indigo, right? Which means this enlightened, it's kind of this Illuminati garbage. And yeah. he's, he's got this enlightenment and he's got these special gifts. Um, and they're, they're to help humanity save, save humanity. It's all this new age Gnostic stuff. And so I said, well, that's interesting. Is there any saints cycled into your life lately? And the guy was like, well, I'm reading, um, St. Augustine's Confessions, I'm getting a lot out of it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't even know the Hail Mary, and you're reading <laughs> Confessions, you see. And so <clears throat> here was a guy, St. Augustine, doctor of the church. Uh, today's second reading was uh, in the office of readings with St. Augustine, doctor of the church. He was a Manichae, which was a Gnostic, was a Gnostic religion, a false, you know, uh, the, Mani uh, the Manichaeans were Gnostic in their belief. Um, you know, the Gnostic meaning, you know, this the special knowledge, special insight. That's how you're saved through this, you know, um, this special insight. Saint Ar Irenaeus, we celebrated this week, said the Gnostic, he called him the Gnostic so-called because they had no knowledge. <laughs> <he said. laughs> so, so here's a guy that, that was, was, had these Gnostic beliefs, this kid that believes he was an indigo, can't say the very basic of prayers and he's reading and he can hardly read uh, intellectually. He's not a smart kid. I mean, at least not educated. Um, and he's reading St. Saint Saint, Saint Augustine's Confessions, which is not an easy read. No. Um, and, and it just it, it's so. So here's the here's the demon that's working on this kid. And God says, it's like this. You know, if I did this to you, what does it mean? Give me my left hand or no down here. Right. Give me my lefty because I need a closer <laughs> on this deal. So God sends help from the bullpen and the, and, the, and the mystical body, the saints. They're just warming up, man. They're warming up in the bullpen. Stretching out, you guys always the, the pitchers always had that jacket with just your just the throwing <laughs> arms because you had to show everybody that you're a pitcher, yeah, you were a regular player. And uh, the saints are up there in heaven, and they're, they're like they get they're all warm and they got their jacket on. They're just kind of waiting, or they're just chilling, throwing just throwing a little, you know, uh, th just throwing some light light pitches, keeping their arm warm, waiting to be put into the into the game. And that's how it is when you when you begin to see the saints are coming, just like the demon said last month. 
Every time you call her, she comes. Every time you call her. When you see that, or the authority structure, I talk about this in the book. So I talk about the mystical body invoking the saints, the authority structure, for example. When you see that, when the priest takes his stole and he puts it on a woman and you get this bodily reaction of pain, right? And then the, the husband, who's in a state of grace, lays his hand on her body, which he has rights over by, 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 by through natural law, to the, by merit of the, of the marital debt. He lays his hands. It causes the same bodily reaction. So when we're talking about the, the authority structure, for example, husbands and wives, this is not just based on DDT, devil defeating theology, St. Thomas and the, the tradition of the church. This is also the fruit of, of, of uh, our work in the field of seeing the reaction of, of, of the demon to the husband's authority. I, I see it again and again and again. Or the father's blessing. I've seen, you know, again, what we're doing, I'm Nurse Ratchet. We're just doing intakes. We're doing interrogations. Uh, we're providing data for the priest so that so that he goes, we're just hero support. The priests are the heroes and we're just getting data for them. We're just we're, we're just he's the pitcher. Right. I mean, and, and the pitcher and the catcher, they know they know the, they know the bad. This guy likes he, he's he's he can't, you know, uh, Serrano can't hit the curveball. We're doing that. We're doing the data on them, you know. And uh, anyway, so so that, that's what the lay associates do. And, and our part of our observance is like the authority structure. This is real. This is real time experience. That, that that helps us in spiritual combat. And a lot of these lessons, um, uh, at least the, the, the theory behind it and the practical application I put in the manual. It's, again, the, the pitching uh, analogy is interesting because many people don't know the game of baseball and you're thinking, oh, it's so slow. And the, there's many little working details going on before the pitcher even throws the ball. The game doesn't start, though. He throws it. He's in charge. Yeah. So you got Doc and all these other guys doing all this other work behind the scenes, moving this guy's moving this side, this guy's shifting over here before father executes the play. Yeah. yeah, a lot happens. A lot happens. And and ultimately I'm the catcher, right? And I'm calling what a pitch I want for you, the pitcher. And then what do you do? You know, you shake me off, you shake me off, you shake. Ultimately, you're the guy throwing the ball. And so the so the latest unless you crash Davis, then you get up and tell him yeah. what's coming. Yeah, I would always, I would always, if you threw one, if you threw two in a row in the dirt and I had to go down and I took it in the thigh or in the chin, I would throw it in the dirt back to the pitcher just to remind you, hey, you might want to raise it up a little bit. That's part of the fun of baseball, you know. Oh, there's, there's a story I can't bring up right now. On <laughs> we could do a whole show just on baseball and 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 in the spiritual life you know oh yeah yeah and a lot of guys hate on that but it's there there are parallels to it and my thing is i i, I know my fellow trans get mad at me i go man, man many of these guys have never played ball before because if they did they would be able to do the what's needed all the time in a regulated area and not lose their cool when uh something something tough hits uh, or someone calls them a bad name they'd be able to you know take right. that and be able to run with it instead of, you know, losing it and go tweet about it or things like that and maybe cause you to uh, more center or uh, uh, scandal on interwebs yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's learning emotional constancy. And, and that's absolutely critical in spiritual combat is, is developing constancy, recognizing your triggers. This is why we go into, you know, some of the, the psychology I've kind of condensed down um, in, in, into working, uh, you know, a workable form um, much of father's, uh, his book of, uh, science of mental health and what, why the emotions are so important. And, uh, I, I borrow a phrase and I use it in the book from modern psychology. And it says, if you can name it, talk about the emotions, if you can name it, you can tame it. And so, um, and how does that apply to the spiritual life? If you can name the vice, you can tame the vice and you can also tame the demon that's fueling the vice. If you can name the, the, the vice of impurity, anger, you know, this is, this is, you know, Ignatius, you, you know, you focus on one, one fault uh, and you do your examination and uh, look at your examination through that fault. Did I, how did I do with anger today? How did I do with uh, impurity today? But, but the first thing to do is to name it. You have to be able to with X and then you can start looking at the roots. And again, I go into this in the book as well, is that you might be focusing Oh, you know, it's like the game whack-a-mole, right? Remember, you yeah. take the kids to the mall and you play whack-a-mole and you hit the mole over here and you got anger. You're going to crush anger. And as soon as you get anger subdued, here comes, you know, the, the impurity. And, and even the monastic tradition, the monks are talking about 
the, 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 how anger and impurity work hand in hand. And so you might be out here confessing uh, a, a real carnal sin and the demons got you focused on the carnal sin, but there's something much deeper under underlying. There's a deeper defect that needs to be worked on. And until you deal with that defect, you've create you've got to, in that, in that defect, you've got a psychological com, a, a, a compatibility, a symbiotic attraction to the demon. You're thinking like the demon and that attracts him. Like, you know, so, so if I reject the, the authority of my bishop, well, I, I, that's a diabolic thought. That's a diabolic act. You know, I mean, that, that's something that will attract him. That, that's something that he will like. I, if I have, if I don't deal with my so-called father wound, right? Well, every demon has a father wound, right? Every demon, every demon feels rejected by God, the father. Like, how did you let me do this? Even though it was his own free choice. And so getting those areas and, and, and squeaky clean virtue wise is absolutely critical. So, and, and part of it, going back to the baseball analogy, when you hit a baseball hitting is, I mean, you do the same thing every time. You remember Joe Morgan, remember he uh -huh. would even do the double little, pump, right? Yeah. He, he would do the double pump every single time uh, because that's part of the ritual. Rafael Nadal. Now he's got other issues, but he does these certain things that he does beforehand. That's part of the ritual. And uh, even the discipline of hitting, maybe Nadal's not a good example, but the, but learning to turn the wrist, turn the hips, to spin, to turn, all those things are absolutely critical. A pitcher throwing it the same way every time. Um, those are absolutely critical. Those little teeny movements. I'll give you an example. I, I went to the range and I was zeroing my uh, my hunting rifle. I was going to go on a, on a big game, on a deer hunt. And so I had a friend who was a Marine sniper and he takes me out to the range and, uh, and he says, Hey, I want to show you something. And I, we we're trying to, and I was way off. I'm a terrible shot. I was a helicopter pilot. You know what I mean? We just threw rockets or whatever, you know? So <laughs> we just pushed all, the button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was an area fire weapon. And, and every seventh round was a tracer, you know? So I just follow the green light right up into the target, you know? So, and so, so, so he says the real killer on the, on the sniper team is not the shooter. It's the spotter. He said, I'll show you how to hit the, I'll show you how you can watch the air movement behind the bullet next time we come out. I was like, wow, that's crazy. So then we went to the ninth, we went to the pistol range where we we're going to shoot 1911s because we're, we're military guys, you know. So I, he shoots, of course, because he's a Marine and he's a sniper and he hits like, you know, boom, 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 three, one hole, three bullets. <laughs> I'm all over the place. And uh, he's not even watching me. He's just looking like this. And out of the corner of his eye, he's watching me. And he just says, move your right thumb up three quarters of an inch. I was like, all right, dude, whatever. So I uh, three quarters. Yeah. I, I, all right, Marine, let's do it. So I, I moved my right thumb up three quarters of an inch and boom, boom, boom. had a really clean shot group. And I looked at him like, man, what the heck? You're a freak. And he says, no, you're holding it like a, like a wheel gun, like a revolver. Well, he was right because I, I was issued a, uh, the transition. I was issued a revolver. It's what I carried in Iraq. Uh, Cause I was a pilot. I didn't really need a handgun, you know? So, so they just gave me a revolver and that precision is absolutely critical. That three quarters of an inch meant the difference between hitting my target and not hitting it, just my mm -hmm. thumb. And so understanding that in the spiritual combat, the authority structure is key. I explained that. And father does a great job explaining that. Uh, um, being in a state of grace is absolutely critical. And once those two are covered, then learning specificity in combat, learning how to pray, how to be specific in your prayer, being specific in your confession, you know. This is very critical. Again, I was I, I was struggling with something a while back and I couldn't put my finger on it, man. I was like, man, I, I don't know what it is. So I go to confession and I said, you know, Father, I don't know what it is, man, but I'm I'm kind of lack in prayer. I mean, I'm praying, but man, my heart's in the words and, and I just feel like tired spiritually all the time. And I'm just describing this malaise, you know, and the priest on the other side of the, 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 the screen goes, that sounds to me like a sadia, spiritual sloth. And I was like, Father, I want to confess a Sadian spiritual sloth. That's exactly what it is. Boom. As soon as I confessed it, it lifted. It was gone. But I had to put it in precise language with the help of this priest, and it totally lifted. And so going into making a good confession is, 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 is critical. That's why we have a long section of Father Ripperger's examination of conscience in the middle of the book so that you can look. Yeah, I, I, this is it. This is it. This is it. These are the three quarters of an inch thumb movements that are absolutely critical. And you know the same thing. A quarter of an inch makes a difference between a strike and a ball, between a between a, a pop up and a line drive. I mean, these are crit these are critical movements uh, uh, in spiritual life as well. And my fishing coach, he could he could he would look at us when we were throwing, and he could tell he could, right after after the point the ball left goes high and outside. Yeah, just 
just with the release point of that. So yeah, yeah, we had drills where the catch would or pitcher we would do it for ourselves. You'd have to hit ten right here. Then the glove go over ten right here. Then ten down here. Yeah. Ten right here. So you could, and even like basketball when I we would shoot, most people were just oh you're just shooting at the in the hoop. No, you're aiming for that little hook underneath the rim. So that's your target. So if you miss, it goes in the hoop instead of this big wide thing. It's like uh, well, it's uh, the movie The Patriot. Aim small, miss small. Yeah. So you can focus on what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And 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 precision. Precision is key and discipline is key. And, and uh, this is, again, the fruit of the doing the prayers, the protocol prayers, working through this on your own, uh, this manual. I mean, you're learn, it's, it, what, what, what I'm trying to do is teach precision in combat. And it takes I want to demystify it because it's not there's nothing, there's no secrets to it. You know, it's uh, I remember during uh, during covid, I, 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 I'm laying in bed and a piece of paper to my wife and she's like, what is that? And I said, well, she opens it up and it says uh, litany to the litany of the saints to be prayed in times of plague. And she looks at it and she looked at me and she looked at it and she said, you, my friend, practice smash mouth Catholicism. <laughs> like, I love that phrase. I said, I'll give you credit when I use it. But this is what we're talking about. Smash mouth Catholicism. We fight an ancient enemy. The ancient weapons are best, you know. And so litanies, uh, uh, rosary, meditation. Um, good deep confessions, good liturgy. Uh, um, you know, this is how we battle back. And, and, and this is, and it's, and, and you grind it out at certain times of the day, you, whether you feel it or not, whether, whether Nolan Ryan felt like uh, icing down and doing his, you know, his routine, he did it anyway, because that's what champions do. And we're, and, and as, you know, we need to be champions in the spiritual life and, and, it, and there has to be a certain amount of discipline and then attention to details to the movements. And once you start noticing those attention to detail, those little movements, it, it makes a difference between a strike and a ball. It makes a difference between overcoming a virtue or struggling with it your whole life. And then it also makes a difference in overcoming this. If you overcome, I mean, overcoming a defect and growing in the virtue. And so doing that, you become, you become to grow in perfection in, in the small little virtue. What is virtue and vice? They're just repeated acts, right? This is Vince Lombardi, you know, gentlemen, this is football, right? Winning is, a, winning is a habit and so is losing. So it's developing good habits. This is what gets you in position to defeat the enemy, whether it's big or small, whatever you're facing. As people start, even Father brings up, get up and after you pray, make the bed. You know, little right. things like that, grow and do these little things get out, you know, after don't hit the snooze button, get right, right up that first battle. Right. You lose it. Well, I think Jose Maria Scriva called it uh, the heroic moment, right? The alarm goes off. Do you wait? Do you, do you hit the, do you hit the snooze? Get up, get up that, get up immediately. Offer that up. If you don't want to get up, offer it up. I offer this up in atonement for all the times that I was slothful. I offered up for, for the priest, for any priest today that's struggling. I offered up for my bishop, offered up for my wife, my kids, you offered up. You get into the shower, the second heroic moment when you want to feel sorry for yourself and you want to turn your shower into a spa. There's no time for a spa treatment. You're a soldier for Christ. You get you get wet, you splash and dash and you get out, you know. <laughs> so you got to have that that soldier-like discipline, an athlete-like discipline. And it goes a long, long way. And that builds you the foundation to go to the next level when you're when you're facing your giants. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that my wife could, you only in there for like a minute. I, go, I Wasting time. We're in, we're out. Let's go. Let's, yeah. Can't do yeah, the yeah. 30 minute stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because again, one of the, one of the, the biggest errors of today that we're, that we're tempted to is effeminacy. You know, I mentioned this in the book and I quote Teresa uh, of Avila. She said, I want my daughters um, to be barbada, to be bearded like soldiers coming off of campaign. She says, I want you to be so uh, uh, fierce in your pursuit of virtue and virtus means courage in battle. She says, I want you to be so mad. I don't want you to be effeminate, meaning like standing on the chair when the mouse walks through the room, effeminate, because effeminacy is a vice, whether it's by a man or a woman. Um, I want you to be so masculine in your pursuit of virtue that you scare the guys, that you scare the men. Espanten los hombres, she said in Spanish. I, I want you to frighten, terrify men because you're so committed to virtue. Doc, she's a doctor of the church and a doctor of prayer. You know, so so the pursuit of virtue is absolutely critical. And the difference, again, a curveball, um, the, the, the finger structure, it's absolutely precise. You do it the same way every time. And, and so having a disciplined prayer life, half the battle. And what our experience is, 
that the demon responds to the imposition of order as much as to the prayers themselves. So just imposing order, you're going to knock out half half the guys that are out there lining up against you just by having a prayer, a, a disciplined prayer life in order. That quote, it made me think of St. Anthony in the desert, that line of uh, him getting beaten up by demons. He goes, God, where were you? He goes, I wanted to see how you would fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're losing that masculine aspect. Any anything anything masculine now is toxic, right? Toxic masculinity. Anything Catholic is too Catholic, you know. Um, but 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 where are we? You know, God wants us to fight. You know, it's like uh, Saint John Vianney said that uh, the devil is like a, a a dog, like Foghorn Leghorn. He's like a dog with an eight foot chain. And and um, most people that come to the church for help have voluntarily or someone else. Their parents are, you know, they were abused. They were thrown inside of the eight foot, within the eight foot radius of, of that dog. But every once in a while, God says, all right, Steve, boom. He just kicks you in, you know. And uh, it's like the first time I jumped out of an airplane, you know, there's always one guy that gets the boot. Like you're going, <laughs> you're going, either whether you will, will it or not, you're going out of that door, buddy. And so God sometimes does that. He puts, gives you the boot on the backside. He puts you in there just to teach you um, how, to, how to do battle. And, and again, at the end of the day, the, the demon is the instrument of our sanctification. And we are the instrument of his torture. You want to torture the demon? Offer your suffering up for the man who abused you. Offer your suffering up for the, for the, for the church, for the bishop, uh, for your pastor. Offer it up for your children, whatever. Start learning to offer your suffering up. Um, and and this, is, this, is, this is spiritual judo that is very, very effective. But sometimes God throws us into the, the eight-foot chain to teach, us how to teach us how to fight, you know. What do you mean that some scripture line of pray for your enemies? Is that what you're talking about? That yeah, that, there's, crazy well, ideas. There's crazy ideas. Pray for your enemies. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, you know, in, in Romans, uh, um, that, that we are children of God uh, and we have the spirit of God. If only we suffer. <laughs> right. It's like, well, well, wait a minute. Let's just cut that phrase off. For to you, it was appointed not only to believe, but to suffer for the, the name of Christ. Uh, I rejoice in my suffering for in my body. I make up what's lacking in the suffering of Christ's body, which is the church. There's a whole lot of scriptures in there. I wouldn't have written it this way. Right? Uh, or St. Paul. I the economy of salvation that involves so much pain. Or St. Stephen, pray for your enemies. In modern day, it'd be St. Stephen getting up and having vengeance and taking them all down like John Wick. Yeah, exactly. We would have Exactly. But what does Stephen mean? The Greek word Stephanos means crown. I mean, the first one to win the martyr's crown. And when do we celebrate? Well, ironically, we celebrate in the, in the genius of the church's liturgical calendar, St. Stephen, right after Christmas. Holy innocence and then St. Stephen, the first one to suffer for this newborn king and offer himself as martyroi, as witness uh, to, to the divinity of Christ. I mean, it's, it's so rich, just like the soldiers in the Roman army would get uh, the first guy over the wall would get the what's called the, the, the uh, Corona Murialis, the, the crown of the wall. And the first guy that got over, there's a very good chance that those things were issued posthumously because the first guy over is the first guy that, that they're going to converge on. Because once you breach that wall, then then the rest of the guys can, can then the wall, then the whole place has been breached. And so that's a very key, key crown. And so our first martyr. Uh, Stephen, whose name means whose who, whose name means crown, Stephanos, right? Uh, in Greek, so it's, it's it's this is what it means to be Christian. Jesus put three three conditions on it. He said, "If you wish to be my disciple, there's three things." And the Greek construction implies that they are an ongoing content and continual. Then, if you look, if you underline the geek as a geek, um, you must continually deny yourself, um, uh, um, continually pick up your cross, and continually follow me. And, and when we when we accept that this is Christianity, now you're starting to get to the three quarter inch thumb movement. This is where the where, where perfection and we grow in virtue. And again, do as I say and not as I do, Steve, because this is this is this is tough. This is this is tough, hard nosed baseball uh, spirituality. This is this is mixed martial arts spirituality, and it's it's a grind. You know, so, it's a, for a, not for the love of the game, but a league of their own. It's supposed to be tough. Yeah, this is baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be tough, you know. But I mean, if it's tough to play ball, if it's tough to get on a team, if it's tough to make the starting lineup, why do we think it's going to be a piece of cake? I mean, it is kind of a piece. We have the tools. We have the, the blueprints to for salvation to get to heaven. But why do we think it's supposed to be an easy road? I think our Lord, the, the Greek for uh, agonize, it's uh, 
climb up, the, you know, straight, get up there. As one priest says, that's a mamby pamby idea. It's yeah. grueling, agonizing to get up on the top of that hill. Yeah, agonizo, it also means to wrestle, contend. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Agatha and agony is is St. Agatha in Rome, the church there, where she was thrown into the, 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 the gladiator locker room naked, right? And then put on the street. Uh, and and she was martyred uh, uh, there uh, in Rome, and the church builders where she wrestled uh, Agatha and Agon Agonia and Agonizo. She battled, she contended her life for the truth of the gospel. God's not going to ask us uh, most likely to offer that kind of martyrdom, but He is asking us to do this other martyrdom that to learn to walk the lives uh, of of the Christian, and we're going to need to do that today in today's in today's climate. It's it's becoming really really dark. As Father Ripperger says, this is we live in a time of diabolic uh, disorientation, and so we we need we need to battle back with the ancient weapons, and, and part of that is learning to to agonizo to do combat. Right? The old member of confirmation, the the the, the and, and actually still in traditional ritual after the after the bishop confirms you, boom, you know it's not like hey wake up stop daydreaming. It's like hey this is a battle. That's a symbolic gesture. This is you're entering into as a, as a you're now a combatant. I, I remember I was, you know, I would work with priests, you know, I remember talking to this priest and he was saying, oh, man, uh, I don't want to do spiritual combat because I don't want a target on my back. So the next day I went to daily mass down at the fraternity uh, parish and uh, and the priest has got his fiddle back. Right. And on the fiddle back, he's doing the elevation. And he's got the Greek Kai, you know, mm -hmm. a big red Greek Kai. And, and, and it's this huge. The Greek Kai is an X in the capital is this huge red x and i thought there it is there's your mark when you prostrated before a, a bishop of the living god and were ordained a priest of the living god with the indelible mark that will never be removed a priest forever you you became a target right when you and i made the profession uh before before the church to to love and serve etc and our, our marital vows we we became a target our marriage became a target we're all a target it's what are you going to do about it that's the question it was that line uh, that you might not be interested in the war, but the war is interested in you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, the book is The Libra Cristo Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Again, it will be underneath in the show notes somewhere that way, underneath wherever you're looking. And I also have the link for uh, Libra Cristo if you guys want to check that out, because they have, also have videos that you could watch, obviously, in the drop down video section. Uh, Dan, Doc, thank you for coming on. Any final words? No, no, I, I appreciate everything you're doing. I, I think you're doing good work for the Lord. And, and uh, we need to just keep getting the message out there. Keep staying positive. Uh, keep hammering away. You know, just keep keep grinding it out because this is what keep God pounding is. is what we say here. <laughs> ground and pound. That's what it is. And, and the spiritual life really is ground and pound. It's just grind it out. It's smash mouth. It's just keep grinding it out. And uh, and, you know, do it. You do you and I'll you do your thing. And I do mine. And, and uh, I'm just very grateful that God put us together. And I'm grateful for what you're doing. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Okay, brother.